This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he puts pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm here with the one and only Larry Miller. It's very exciting to have you on my show, Larry. Well, thanks. You know, it's mutual. We've been friends since the day we met. And that's why I was laughing when I heard your song, because it's a good laugh. If, if Everyone listening, all your fans should know, and people who are listening for the first time, that everything to do with you or your name in a title is always kind of perfect you know just that song it's allison rosen and she's your new your new best friend i like it except on days when i think oh god am i doing like a tyler perry thing well wait a minute first of all (laughs) no okay (laughs) well thank you number two are you crazy but though the point is that no there's people like us every other day will always be thinking Oh, this is no good. We'll always be thinking, am I doing a Tyler Perry thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what he's thinking every other day? Nothing. He's thinking just, (laughs) this is great. This is going great. Um, Yeah. And and your podcast is this week with Larry Miller. Yeah. And I just did one in fact. Yeah. How'd it go? It was uh, terrific. I love doing, uh, for people like us, podcasting is a great way to live. It's a great part of being creative. It's a great addition to all the storytelling we were made to do. and that <laughs> Made to do by someone else or made to do like in ourselves? You mean like we were put here to do it? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> or forced. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We can, we can be simpler than that. We, we, no, we were put here. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're made to – at the end of life, if there's judgment and God – and there is, by the way. I can't tell you how I know. But there is. But the point is, if there is, you don't want to get called when he comes in and sits down in the chair and you're in the chair and yours is lower. And, right. You know, in the in the middle level office there. Mm-hmm. You don't want, you know, him to say, OK, now what about the talent I gave you? Because <laughs> you did about 10 percent of it. And because there's no answer to that. There's yeah. no answer. of Well, see, what I was thinking was that because there's no thinking. At that point, you you know the judgment is well. Okay, now you have to go back and be a cow. You know, I mean, now you got to go. Is that back. what happens? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. But, that, and if, if that's the case, do you think a lot of cows were creative in a former life? Creative humans who squandered their talent in a former life. Yes, and <laughs> if it's two lives, you got to be a reptile. But I mean, wow. th- th- there's you don't want, and I don't want to be called on not doing the job. Right, and. Uh, you know, over the last year when I cracked my head like a walnut, I mean... Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I mean, you think about that. You think, this is great. I'm back to do all the things I love doing, acting, writing, and stand-up, and to do it better, to do it more so. Did you... Well, let's... Well, I, I'm going to ask you about the accident because I feel some of my, some of my listeners might not know, but I'm wondering... <clears throat> Are you tired of answering that question? Are you tired of talking about it? No, don't don't be. It's it's something wonderful again for people like us to talk about because if you're a comic, everyone listening to the show knows if you're a comic or an actor, if you're if you're performing, if you're looking for a certain part of you to be a character, well, you can talk about anything. You can talk about, and they're all good things. You know, I was in the mall the other day, and <laughs> this happened. Well, everyone's in the mall. Yeah, that's good. So you can talk about that. Well, my wife had an idea about going uh, to this place on a vacation, and I didn't want to. Th- that's plenty of things to talk about, especially for me. So, I mean, <laughs> in, in this case, though, sure, how wonderful to know what it means to, well, almost die. Yeah. And then and then be fine and get better than ever. And, in fact, I, uh, uh, 
one of the th- I've been doing some great things. I have on October fifth of this year. Uh, I'm in a movie called. Uh, <laughs> I should know this, shouldn't I? Wait, it's the it's Gary. Uh, will look it up. Uh, Titles uh, constantly change. Yes, that's right. The working title. Or the title that's on it right now yeah. is called Mystery Cruise. There you oh, go. It's it's Hallmark Hall of Fame, and it's be on October fifth. The point being, I love all this stuff. I love getting more work, and I want to do that part again. I don't want to do a part twice as good as that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, what part do you play in this Mystery Cruise it's, movie? It's the romantic lead, and oh, it's wow. the. <laughs> and I just you like don't say, say. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I have a question. Is it a movie or is it a series on the movie channel? Because it says pilot uh, premieres October fifth. Well, it's a movie, and uh, there's gonna there's gonna be others though. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's uh, by the way, folks. If you're listening, you're talking to people now who are very. We're all very involved in show business. We're all very technically involved, and we have no idea what we're saying. <laughs> took me 12 seconds. Let's see. The name is uh, – and Those are details for the little people. Yeah, and guess <laughs> who – Who might want to watch it. And guess guess who they are? Us. I know. But the point – Oh, I know. So that the, the point is it's wonderful to have something happen in your life mm. that gives you something deep to talk about. And yeah. you know how wonderful to, to go in on a meeting with a – if it's for acting, to meet a director and producer and have them say, so you're alive. And <laughs> and it's great to talk about. Yeah. In fact, I'm actually beginning to be jealous because now you have something to talk. I don't know if you have to go on uh, general meetings, but now you have great conversation topics if you do. Because <laughs> that always, that's always a challenge for me. Like what do I – what do I lead with? What do I talk about? How do I you know, do that whole song and dance? If uh, only I had been in a coma. That's, that's right. Well – yeah, and, and normally I have to say, "Yo, look at me! I forgot underwear again." You know, but, <laughs> is that your was that your go to? No, but if, <laughs> if you think it sounds good, I'll use it. Because Greg Fitzsimmons explained, you got to think, you got to come up with a story about something funny that happened on your way into the office. <laughs> That's a good idea, by the way. Yeah, that just you know, because I've told stories that have happened on the road for stand-up comedy and for mm-hmm. whether it's corporate work or in, in clubs or theaters, and if they're true. You can really make them funny. Right. And if they're not true, you can make them true. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, let's just fill people in on what happened to you. Oh, all right. Well, I had a brain accident. I was walking out of a small building. OK, it was a bar. <laughs> and I mean <laughs> – It was after the Adam I- – I saw you right before. Right. It was after the Adam Carolla show. That's exactly right. And uh, it was a great show. I had such a good time. Well, as I always do, but I, as I was driving home, I thought, I'm going to call my wife up and I'm going to say, honey, you know what? I just did a great show on, on Adam's show and and I feel wonderful. And what what do you say we uh, – if the kids are home and, you know, just, you know, and they've already eaten. So let me just uh, pick you up and take you out and uh, we'll just have a drink together and sit quietly and just uh, just be together and – and smile at each other and have a nice dinner somewhere. And she wasn't home because she's a writer-producer and she was working. And she wasn't home. And I was pretty mad. <laughs> but, no, I mean, so I called a friend of mine and we uh, went over and we got a drink. Another writer. Everyone again in show business. It's all people we know. Yeah. You know, who'd you call? Well, I called a director a friend. So the point is you, we went out and we had just a couple of drinks. And by, I, mean, I mean that. Just like two. And so that when I when I said after that, oh, I'm going to go home, and it was very near my house, a place I've been to before that I can walk back to my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not why I go there, <laughs> but Just, right happens to be where it is. It's part of the why. <laughs> and uh, so I got. Listen, it happens in life. And I saw my wife later. I went. She wasn't home yet, so I went home and decided. Listen, I haven't eaten yet. And it was still it was Adam's show, so it was early. Mm-hmm. It was still only about eight eight thirty, and I decided that the best thing to do was to drink. <laughs> well, let's see, what's the word? Uh, drink. But I and uh, I hadn't eaten, so there was a a bag of uh, big potato chips from uh, a little league party we were going to have, 
And we can always get more potato chips. But that's, by the way, I can use take one of my baseball books mm-hmm. that I've been reading for 12 years and can't get past the second paragraph do, on. Do you keep reading the same paragraph? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sure. You have to because you forget. Allison, it's baseball history. It, it doesn't change. So, yeah, I, I, and I did. I had a wonderful time for another hour sitting there. I made myself one of my miltinis. What is that? It's a martini, but in a special Larry Miller way. <laughs> I, I when I was uh, before I was married, I used to make and um, the uh, a shake and bake with a twist. Oh, uh, the chicken daddy or something? Uh, chicken Larry. <laughs> chicken Larry. I used to make a thing called Chicken Larry. Uh, yes. For dates. Uh-huh. And it was it was a, it's a, not a nice thing to do, but it was it's essentially shake and bake with an onion. I mean, it was it had, and I would slice an right. onion on it. All the fixins. Yeah, well, one fixin. <laughs> right. And you know what? In case people out there don't know, I'll bet you do out there. By the way, I'll bet you a dollar everyone knows shake and bake is very good. It's really it's not fancy. I haven't had it in so long. You know what it is? It's I need to revisit. it's about as good. As you think it is, when you, when you take a bite, you think to yourself, it's better than okay. You mm-hmm. don't think, well, it's okay. Right. You think, this is pretty good. And it's it's sort of like when you go to a really fancy restaurant, say a French restaurant, and they serve you all these little things like caviar in an eggshell. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making fun of this. I'm saying that every so often – you know, and my my wife likes to do this, and the uh, the guy I went out with for a drink that night, and his wife like to come with us. And when we've done that, though, these are really expensive meals, but they're not that great. They're they're okay. Yeah. But you've just had at that restaurant, at the French restaurant, you've just had three straight whiskeys before you got your table, anyway. So whatever they're going to give you, well, so what is this? It's smoked cod that's breaded. How is it? That's pretty good. You know, it's it's okay. And then it takes – it's a three-hour meal. Yeah. And the portions aren't that big. And, you know, they're, they're, they're glad you're there because it's a zillion-dollar meal. Mm-hmm. And okay. But I'm telling you, folks, shake and bake with an onion. And the rule is, by the way, out there, if you make that, you have to call it Chicken Larry. So you have to say – It's yours. Is this if your girlfriend says or your boyfriend says, you know, hey, uh, this is pretty good. Did you come up with this? You have to say, no, it's Chicken Larry. And if that ends the relationship, so be it. Now, the onion chopped up? No. It's, well, it's sliced. Okay. But it, that's I just not want so- them to do it in the real Chicken Larry way. I want them to be, tra- you know, the traditional, as the recipe calls for. Well, that's, that's the first of all, that's a good way to think. And the chicken Larry way is, it's, it's not that good. I mean, what it is is, it's slice. You slice it up like you're going to put it on a hamburger. Mm-hmm. But instead of using just some of the rings out of it, you take the whole thing, the whole slice, and put five or six of those slices just on the chicken or on the side of the chicken. It doesn't do a lot, come to think of it. But you know what? <laughs> it's, it's special. Your it's your own twist, though. Yeah, and. Uh, and shake and bake, I have to say again, and by the way, I'm not working for shake and bake. There's always that person who's going to wonder and, you know, that person can go to hell. I think so, but – or is there already? But I mean I think that <clears> – <throat> pardon me. I think that it's wonderful to make food like that your own way. There is it, – it sounds a little goofy sometimes, but you know what? The things we all make for ourselves – for our families, I'm a terrific egg maker. Well, I mean, how do you do it? Well, what's eggs, Larry? Well, I slice an onion. No, it's be <laughs> funny if everything eggs, Larry. Doesn't <laughs> That's matter the Larry what it touch, is. right? Yeah. I make cereal, Larry. What do you do? Well, you slice an onion. You put uh, real, everything is onion. But I, it's wonderful to make. I did it just this morning for the boys. You know, before going to school, and I'm I'm pretty good at it. I can make two different kinds of eggs. Or three, if there's one for my wife, and she's you know still in bed. I'm not making fun of this. I'm saying that's the way to do it. And then I make some for the dog also. And so there are four different kinds of eggs. And if you can do this, you really feel satisfied. You feel good. Now, is it seriously a fancy kind of meal? No, it's not. But you're making it. And if you make it on time and if the toast 
is still warm when you put everything out there. And if the eggs are just right and if there's nice fruit that's cut up on it that I that I do, you know what? It's very rewarding to put that down. And then they know my 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 kids are getting old enough so that they realize it's not that good. They realize oh. that they're they're still glad. They must be so happy to have you home. Uh you're right, they must be. <laughs> but even if they're not expressing it. Kids, when you when you've had a brain injury, you know, even and by the way, thank God I'm very lucky, 100% and uh and it's great and it gives me something to write about as we said. But it's funny that the that kids instinctively use that as an excuse <laughs> for anything. Like the food I make, I always say to one, you know, don't eat too fast, don't eat too big a bite like that, and don't talk while you're doing that. You have to chew it completely and keep your mouth closed and chew 30 times. And I said that when when I got back from the hospital and I could see him just look at me and then they both glanced at each other and then uh, one of them said, uh, Dad, I I know it's important to chew the right way, but don't you think maybe it's just that you broke your brain <laughs> and that everything I told them to do was now because of the brain? But you know what? It's very rewarding to make food for people you love. It's very rewarding to care about it and to make it the right way. Is it as good as things you might get in a fancy restaurant? No, but who cares? My dad, God bless him, used to say all the time when my mom would make something, he always said the same thing. And I say this now to my kids and my wife. He always used to say he'd take a bite and he'd chew it and he'd always say, you know what? You couldn't get a meal like this in a hotel. And for – remember, for that generation, the classic depression thing, mm -hmm. the thought of the word hotel <laughs> – Right. Was, might as well have been the Taj Mahal. So for them to say you could get this at a hotel, yeah, that was really something. That was like Treasure Island. Uh -huh. And he meant it in the greatest complimentary way. And so do I. And I always tell them. My dad used to say this. And so I always say that too and I mean it. When my wife makes something and puts her spin on it, I can always say – you know, I say to the kids, you know what? You couldn't get a meal like this in a hotel. And uh, – and they think I'm – you know, my brain is broken still. But <laughs> they they know I mean it. Mm -hmm. And that's important for your friends, for kids, for your family to know you mean it. Whatever you're saying, if it involves cooking special food your way, you mean it. And that's very, very important. In addition to all the things we have in our country, in addition to all the things we have in our lives and we're in show business, you know what? It's still pretty good to make something and put it down on the table saying, I made this for you. My fiancé lived <clears throat> for many years without a microwave. I don't know how I feel about that. I know how I feel about that. I feel like how could you live that way wow. and why? <laughs> I never had a microwave till I – I never had a TV. This is going to sound even dumber because – No, because you can't – yeah, it does. Where? Yeah. <laughs> Because we're in show business. The first time I was on The Tonight Show, the first talk shows I did as a comic, I didn't have a TV. By the way, it was intentional. I didn't I didn't want a TV. I, I, I had a piano there and I liked reading books and magazines. I liked the, the – baseball history book? Yes, the same one. <laughs> Can't read it. But I mean that it, it makes you – it makes you happier that the place is quiet. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a TV. I kept getting letters – in my apartment from the cable company because they knew I didn't have their cable and they thought that meant I was stealing it. Oh, they thought, interesting. They thought, how, how hubristic. Yeah, by the way. And I, I was a little annoyed but just a little. I thought, sure, I guess that's their committee for why doesn't this guy have a TV? Mm -hmm. And I eventually got one not well, when I got married. And that's fine. I don't <laughs> – well, we live – we have a classic American home. There are four people in it and four TVs on. <laughs> um, OK. So let's go back. So wait. I'm a little confused. There was the night of the accident. Yes. But then did that – now when did the Miltini and potato chips happen? Was that that same night? Oh, no. Uh, oh, that was – Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Actually, okay. it was. 
Was yeah. that that was before you went out to get the drinks? Yes. Gotcha. And so, I see. So you only had two drinks at the bar. Right. <laughs> yes. The bar. No, and, I say that with love. <laughs> I hear it with love. <laughs> but yeah, and then I went home and had a miltini and uh then my wife got home and I said, "Come on, let's go out." And we took a walk up Gopher Mountain, which is near our house. It's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to go out, so I went out, and she didn't think that was a good idea, and she got mad at me. Why? Just because she didn't want you to go out? Yeah. And she's right, because I wasn't drunk, but I mean, I, there's no reason at that point mm-hmm. in 2013 to say, yeah, now it's time to go out. <laughs> and yet I did. I took a book with me, which I like to do, and... uh I went look I you know I went to to uh, a place that's on Burbank Boulevard and I walked outside there and fell backwards into the wall there mm-hmm. which I had never done before and normally you fall and get up and say well that was stupid yeah and go home well this time I cracked my head like a walnut and I called an ambulance you you yourself called yeah and this is, by the way, a, a, ni- a nice place, but it's a tough place. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because they've seen everything in there. <laughs> Any kind of fight you can think of, that they've seen. And I walked back in while the ambulance was on its way. But it didn't have far to go because it's this place. So it was there in, <laughs> in the parking lot waiting. Yeah. So it was there in two minutes. Yeah. But I decided to order another drink when I walked in. You know, the bartenders, the people are... Uh, tough. Yeah. And the guy, one of the bartenders looked at me. I said, hey, do me a favor. We have another one while the ambulance is on its way. And, and he looked at me and they didn't make, they don't make this up. They're not shining you on. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and just said, uh, oh, geez, Larry, are you all right? <laughs> I mean, you could see his face went, right. you know, because I, I had cracked the back of my head. And well, I was pretty lucky. So just lots of blood. Yeah. Head, head things uh, bleed a lot. There was the- I'm just wondering what he saw well, that freaked him out. Well, it must have been the blood. You can be. Remember something. You're always going to look when someone's hurt. Yeah. You look a little weird. I mean, that's that's just common. Mm-hmm. By the way, when I got to the hospital, it's a great hospital, it's UCLA, and uh, when I got there, they suggested my wife met me there, and she, they suggested, "Do you want to be under a, a phony name?" Because you see, for people in show business. Folks, that that they suggest that it's very flattering if you go on the if you're on the road and you have a job. And the hotel says, "Would you like to be under a phony name?" It's flattering. They ask, but I always, you know, want to say, "Look, I'm not Madonna." You know, I mean, <laughs> it's thank you for asking, but I don't think that's necessary. So at the hospital, when they and they put you intentionally into a coma, you're going to go into a coma mm-hmm. so that you can heal it. They can take the top of your head off. They can see what's hurt there. And these are the best surgeons in the world. And so when they decided that, which was right away, which is in just a couple of hours, and at that point, one of the nurses said to my wife again, came in and said, you should pick a phony name now because now all the TV TMZ shows whatnot, yeah, yeah. are going to uh, see that you've been put into this and they're going to be all over the place. And so we said, okay, so – my wife said, what do you want? I said, I know, I've know. i always liked the name you know, Frank or Fred, and Fred, I like the name Fred. And uh, she said, the uh, nurse said to my wife, well, well, Fred what? And my wife said, I can only think of Fred Flintstone. That's the only thing that can come to my <laughs> head. And it, But that feels stupid. So the nurse suggested, how about Fred Stone? Oh, I like it. And so that's what I was. For a month in the hospital, I was Fred Stone. Now, all the stuff you're telling me, do you have a memory of this? Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Remember something. You really, when you wallop yourself, you're out of it. Plus, right. if you're, if they put you out, if they if they put you into a coma or something, yeah. you know, you're technically not really there. Right. But I knew my wife was my champion, and she was really taking care of me. And I had friends come, and people you know, Adam was there. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, and I had friends come. Uh, who were all comics and writers and directors, the people I might normally have gone to a bar with. But <laughs> they, they all came because 
I love them and they love me. And so it's very meaningful. So I have a memory of that. You have a memory of them coming to visit you? Yeah. And But is your memory of the night at the bar, like your actual memory of the accident, do you remember that well? Well, t- no, technically, because you, you're never going to – I don't think anyone's ever you, – you're ever going to remember right. that, things yeah. like that. And, you know, it's the classic thing people say, I, I can't remember anything. But in this case, I think it's probably true mm-hmm. that you really you really can't. And, I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't – the. Because I know people who've gotten into car accidents and things and don't remember don't remember it well, so I wouldn't think that you would. But yeah, and I'm not sure you you need to. Yeah, I'm not sure what I in anything in life, folks. You know, when you're in, no matter what happens to you, you don't really need a detailed explanation. I mean, you need to react to things. One of my kids was in the school in elementary school, and they're boys and they're they're great kids. They're very lovable. But they're also tough. They're great athletes. They play football and baseball, and they and they're tough enough to do it. So the point is, one of the teachers had said to me, uh, you know, on parent night, which is a stupid night. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it's there's no reason for the parents. You want to say it's Tuesday night. Why are we here? Right. You want to say to the teachers to I feel the, that way about so much in life. Oh and yeah. And I think I might be too young to already feel that way. I don't even have kids yet, and I'm already tired of them. No. <laughs> you know what? I feel the same way. Okay. But not about mine, about about other people's, about yours. Whatever, whatever. Whenever someone says to me, "Oh, look, aren't those kids cute?" I always say, "Not to me." <laughs> yeah. You know why? They're not mine. Uh. Do you like them? That's good because they're your kids. Yeah. I, that's the deal I want to make with society. You love your kids. I'll love mine. How'd that be? That'd be good. Yeah, and you know what? So, th- so this one teacher came up, and it was after it was on a parents' night. And uh, so we're standing there, and she's not saying anything. So I said, "Oh, so everything uh, all right?" And I, uh, and she said, uh, "Well, he's uh, so energetic when uh, he comes back in from recess." And I just couldn't resist. I could see just kind of a snotty look, right, on her, like and she I, was suggesting something, right. And so I said, "Oh, I see what you mean. In other words, he's not you." That's what you're getting at, isn't it? So in other words, when you were a little girl, you weren't like that. Right. You weren't playing football there and, and rolling around and wrestling and beating each other up. You didn't do that. i tell you what. Would you like him to do that? Here's another crazy idea. Why don't you let him do what he likes to do? What Did he's you made- say this? Yeah. Good. What he's made to do. You know, you realize at a certain point with lots of people in companies, it doesn't matter what, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's academics or or sports, or politics, or anything. You meet most people, and you really want to say, these folks don't really know what they're talking about. And Yes. That's the way so it is. So many people. Yeah, that's the way it is. So there's nothing wrong with that if you say, was she mad? No, she wasn't mad. She doesn't want to be there either. It's <laughs> parent night. Why, is, why does she want to be there on a Tuesday night at 8.40? Right. There's, they, oh, boy, it's just all these memories I haven't thought about. There was a one couple every year and we were all from pre-kindergarten to kindergarten to first grade through sixth grade every year you know we're all essentially together and every year on parents night every single year the teacher would say after the 10 minute lecture lecture in quotes she doesn't want to say it you don't want to hear it and we were always standing in the back every single year she'd say okay any questions (laughs) no one had any questions but this couple oh i already dislike them yeah Oh, yeah. They, they were dislikable. This couple always had questions and the question, the hand would go up. Well, now, so is it or is every ch- test a multiple choice or are some and you can just see people. It's like a Brazil. horror movie. People really start spinning their heads and going, <laughs> you, you know, you want to scream. It's 840. Right. Are you stupid? There are yes. no questions. And the yes, answer's- no one – and the thing is, people that ask the questions which force everyone to stay there longer, those are questions you could ask privately. Yes. If you actually care to know all, the answer. Exactly. That, that's just what I was going to say, in fact, to it. That you know, Yes, you could. But there's still no point. Right. There's no point. Here's the deal with school. I'll tell you what. We'll bring them by at 730 in the morning. Can you hang on to them till 3? <laughs> How about that? Okay. <laughs> And then every so often you can you know teach them what the Spanish Armada was, okay? 
and then you'll you'll give a test, and then we'll pick them up. Okay? And th- there's no need for us to say, you know, today's the science fair this week. Oh, come on. The science fair? Really? And then, no, yes, our sister city school in Bolivia is coming by with, uh. oh, yeah, it's just, oh, stop it. <laughs> just shut up. So how long were you, was the coma induced? A uh, week and a half. I guess a week, week and a half. And uh, But I was very lucky. This happens to everyone with a brain injury. It's absolutely true. Once again, true things are make, made for good comedy that you forget where you are. Mm-hmm. When uh, when uh, the insurance company, when I came out of the coma, the insurance company started calling my wife saying, good news. We just heard he came out of the coma. And uh, so that means you don't need the extra treatment. So what they're saying is they don't want to give more, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. more money. And uh, so he's 100 percent. He can come home now. And uh, my wife would say always, well, that's terrific. He's 100 percent really because, by the way, he thinks he's in Berlin. Is that OK? <laughs> would that be OK with you? Is he 100 percent now? Is that normal to you? Right. Because you haven't been here. You haven't seen what's going on. But that's the way it always was. You go through that. She would come in in the morning and fluff my pillow and you, know, you hooked up to all sorts of things mm-hmm. and just say, hi, honey. Uh, how you doing? Where are you? And I'd say, London. <laughs> I just got a new partner werewolf movie. And by the way, it's no rain at all. Beautiful weather. Now, I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. But you think you're in places. It happens. Everyone does it. Where are you? New York, Chicago, Milwaukee. Did you think you were in a hospital in that town or no. was it not, not to that level, not, no, not you, that detail? I, you actually think I'm doing two shows tonight at the Deutsche Volkspalace, you know, and – That was probably more pleasant than where you actually were, Burbank. I, I, not Burbank. I, you know, not – oh, I know what you mean, but it's not that it's more pleasant. It's just that it's – a good kind of awake dream, mm-hmm. and you're fine. Thank God, you're you're healthy. You're getting a hundred percent better. You're out of every bad pit you could have gone into, and you have nothing to worry about. Your family, thank goodness, has nothing to worry about, and there's always someone watching you there. These are all really big, important, lucky things. Yeah, and so. When my, in fact, one day my wife came in after a week or so and said, where are you? And I said, Las Vegas. And she, and she looked at me and said, close enough. <laughs> she said, you know what? Just keep heading west. You're doing fine. <laughs> and she said that and it's true. You're getting closer. Mm-hmm. So it was all stuff that is perfect for telling about like this. I have this one-man show I've been doing for a couple of years that we've talked about before and it's been called Cocktails with Larry Miller. And I love it because it, there's hundreds, thousands of beautiful theaters all over America and Canada and they're wonderful places to do a one-man show like that. But now I know I'm rewriting it and the the, the working title is Have You Seen My Brain? But I mean <laughs> it's – I know it's going to be a great show that's completely different. Now I have something new to talk about and it will be just as funny. I I – came and you did the the first time you did the show after being out of the hospital and stuff I came and saw that and your wife introduced it and she had tears in her eyes and it was so just moving thank you and it, and it was I I agree and that's again what a blessing in life when people say is it good to be in show business is it good it's great because you're going to be doing something in life. You've got to work doing something in life. Well, maybe it could be something you really care about mm-hmm. that you're made to do, to be a storyteller, to be creative, to write and perform and to put that together and then put it on and have places to work. These are immense things. Um, how. Your attitude seems so good and I'm just wondering, has it always been that way? Because I think my – what I imagine if it were me, I imagine that I would, you know, surviving something, be in this position where I know that I should feel so thankful but instead I'm frustrated and angry and just not wanting to 
have to go through all the stuff. Well, I really believe that no matter where we start, we may start in different places. We should wind up at the same place, though. If you feel that way, that's fine. Everybody feels a little different. Mm -hmm. No one feels exactly the same. Whenever people say, oh, my kid wants to be in show business or a kid comes up, I want to be in show business, I always say, and I mean it with all my heart, what advice do you have? And I immediately say, don't ever be afraid. You know what? You may hate it at some points and you may get angry or you may think, oh, this guy's an idiot. I don't like him. Maybe I should get another representative for this. That's different though. Don't be afraid of it. Don't ever get up and be afraid or before you do a job, be afraid. Just be tough and get through it. So if you have a different attitude of, well, today I thought this or sometimes I feel this. Usually I get annoyed at this and that. You know what? If that's where you start out, fine. But where you get to, you specifically, and where all people in show business want to get is to the place, hey, I woke up again today. And look, I say this uh, closing my podcast mm -hmm. every week, and I mean it every week that, hey, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And I really believe that. And so it doesn't matter where you start or what you think. If you had not just you, there are people who've had horrible childhoods, bad upbringings, terrible times with their parents, and really classic TV movie stuff. And you know what? <laughs> I always say to them, well, then now you're not in that. So yeah. you know what? Write about it if you want, but you can stop exhausting it for yourself. When you look in the mirror in the morning, you shouldn't say, boy, I had it tough there in junior high. What you should say is, thank you. I'm back again. And you know what? I'm going to do it better today than I did it yesterday. Yes. <laughs> but it's but that, yeah, that's an ideal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you live like that. We're not idiots. It doesn't mean you go skipping through life. But in a way, maybe you ought to. This whole thing with me, hospital and rehab and stuff and getting better and having a chance to go, which I did to the California State Senate and uh, testify there and say, you know what, it's if, if, if the insurance money continued for just another month or two, a lot of the kids and old folks that I saw every single day getting tossed out of places because that's the way it goes. They, they ran out of money. You know what? They're not 100%. Another month, they could be. And so instead of sitting in a chair looking out the living room window for the rest of their lives, not knowing exactly what's going on, they don't have to be like that. So that I have a chance to say that, that I have a chance to say it in my show, that I have a chance to talk to you about it, write new jokes about it, these are pretty great things. That's that's great. I didn't realize that you spoke yeah. to the Senate. Um, well, is there like a specific bill or a specific thing there, that – There was and it was passed, which really surprised everybody. And I was very happy by the way. It's very flattering. So we got it through. We kicked it through. Good. Especially by going up there and doing that. And that's a whole other world by the way. You know, we're crazy. They're crazy. Everybody's crazy. But <laughs> – you know what? Then it well, it'll go into appropriations, and we'll talk about it for another forty-six years. And but that's the way I guess politics go. So I told them, call me again. I'll be there again anytime you want, and we'll kick this through again. We'll put it in a different form. You're the one who has to write it up, but I can get up there and tell you what's right. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was my wife. It's true. The, the insurance company kept calling her and it was never the same person because she didn't give up. Most people give up when they say, hey, he's fine. Time to end the program. And what good news, most people get a little scared and they give up. But she didn't. She would say, yeah, he thinks he's on the moon. OK. And they wouldn't call her back. So another executive would call her back. And then they started with assistants calling her. And this is absolutely true. Then, Oh, uh, no, I know. Yeah, I, I, paddling an insurance company uh, med, uh, when dealing with medicine, uh, I, 
It's just it's insane how much power the insurance companies have. Because it's so basic. Here's here's the the, the problem is so simple. You want them to give you money. They don't want to give you money. And you know what? It's that simple. Well, that's business. I can understand that, and so can you. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a time. I have people I know. I've had a look into this world. And I lived in that world for a while, a month, two months, five months. And so you know what? I know there are people there who could be much better than they are. And there are people who go home far before they can be much better than they are. And it's not that hard to see and not hard to do. So you know what? That is a great pleasure to be. So what's it like being in show business? It's good. And uh, in addition to the parts you get in movies or TV shows, it's good. And the same thing with writing scripts. It's good. Being a comic, these are good things. Talking to you today, doing my podcast and coming on yours. Oh, and by the way, folks, my podcast is called This This Week with Larry Miller. And it's on iPod or... Uh, iTunes uh, and the uh, iTunes, Apple app. Right. Did I say iPod? Well, but it, someone could listen to it on their iPod. No, I know, but <laughs> it's just hysterical. Jeff or, knows uh, this. Or on LarryMillerPodcast.com. That's right. That's right. There you go. LarryMillerPodcast.com. That's our, that's our website. And... I always say that sounds like shaving a haircut two bits. Larry, yes. Larry Miller Podcast.com. <laughs> Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be. And then in the studio and come here to you. That's why when I said to my wife, well, I'm doing two podcasts today. And she doesn't think, well, I'm going to a bar with friends and sit there and watch a ball game. And uh, not a bad idea, by the way. But. <laughs> You know what? She knows this is a big part of our work, hers too. And I could have spent the afternoon sitting home writing, getting another few hours in writing. But this is writing too. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do Just Me or Everyone with Larry Miller. Available now in the comedy album section of iTunes and on AllisonRosen.com. A special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend, live from the L.A. Podcast Festival with guests Greg Proops and Doug Benson. They give you the, they give you the receipt. They give you the receipt, a couple of dollars, two yeah. dimes, a like nickel, and a penny, give you and they pain. shove it all at you like you're just supposed to take all that different right. information. Stick it in your wallet. Pouch. What's their question? This goes in my garbage yeah. wallet pocket immediately. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for giving me garbage wallet pocket stuff. <laughs> Could you throw it overhand at me and I could try to catch it with my garbage wallet pocket? <laughs> and if you had ever seen my old wallet, it was I had to embrace whatever the next thing was because I feel bad that I shit I on this segment. Now. The question is, do you also hate when this happens? Yeah, because you get too many things at once. It's <laughs> like being given a big yeah. basket of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm not ready for it all now. Yeah, it's like you're in porn and suddenly there's four dicks. What are you going to do with right. that? Right, right. It's like money bukkake. <laughs> and a receipt. Money bukkake? Did you really just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. All right, we're back. I think it is time to do Just Me or Everyone. This is where people tell us things they do or they think, and they wonder, is it just them? Is it everyone? And then we weigh in and say if we do this thing also. Oh, good. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Liz says... I feel overly intensely satisfied and deeply accomplished anytime I clean out my fridge and or oven. I don't have that feeling specifically with those things, but when I can clean my desk and actually see a lot of empty desk space, which I haven't seen in a really long time, I feel accomplished. You're right. And by the way, Liz is right. This actually goes back to what I was saying, how good you feel cooking something Mm -hmm. for someone you love. And putting it down and saying, I made this for you. I hope you enjoy it. And Liz is exactly right. She feels good and satisfied 
cleaning that fridge. And you know what? Because things go bad in the fridge. They do. And I'm pretty clean. And so I can I, I clean things out of the fridge. And it's the same thing with an oven. You clean an oven, you really do feel solid as a rock. And because you know, part of you knows, if you don't clean that oven, part of you knows deep inside for another month or two, it's dirty. You're right. Yeah. It begins to eat away at you That's just exactly a little bit. Right. Exactly it. This makes me want to go home and stare at my desk and think I should clean it and then watch TV instead. But that's it's been right. happening for like two years. But I know. And I could, without you even saying that, I could have told you because that's the way creative people are. Instead of writing something else at that moment, you think instead, you know what? Maybe I'll uh, read this article on nothing. Or maybe yes. I'll sit. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, what? the thing about cleaning the desk, but this is reminding me, tangent, uh, when I worked as a journalist primarily, before I would sit down and write an article, I actually had to straighten all the piles. Like that was just a ritual I had to do. Um, but the reason I can't clean my desk is because there's like 20,000 tiny decisions that have to be made about every piece of junk on there. And I don't want to make them. I know. Again, <laughs> who are you talking to? Yeah. We're the same. But is your desk clean? No. Okay. And Good. it's there are piles Script, whether it's scripts or notes about writing other things, yeah. But but that doesn't mean you're in a good place creatively. It means you've gotten lazy and sloppy. So yeah. what you need to do is keep going through. If you do, you know what? I don't always do this, but you should, and everyone out there should know this. If you just take three things, just three, off your desk every morning before you start working, and decide whether to throw them out or or, or store them somewhere. That desk will be clean before long and very clean. And just I'm going to do that. Just three things and three pieces of paper. And you know what you've just done? You've put them on Daniel's desk. (laughs) (laughs) But you've just cleaned a good portion of the desk. Maybe just a little portion, but you're doing it. All right. I'm going to do it. Thank you, Larry. Three a day. Mallory says, whenever a credit card or debit machine tells me to, quote, remove card quickly, I remove the card normally. It never makes a difference. She's right. Of course she's right. And this is the – we're all a little insane on this. I am too. It happened again today with toasting a bagel for one and a waffle for another and putting them in different slices, Mm -hmm. parts of the toaster. I have never understood when it says one slice on the toaster. <laughs> yes, why does it matter? It doesn't. It can't. And you know what, though? I'm a prisoner of it. Yeah. I have said for years, folks, many years, I have said this is stupid. It can't make a difference. That right-hand slot can't be different from the left-hand slot. But every single time, I still put it in the right-hand slot if it's one slice yeah. because it doesn't feel right. It feels like it's going against everything, against nature, against God, against all mm-hmm. creation <laughs> to put it in the left-hand side. So Mallory is exactly right. You know what? When it says do something with the credit card, we're, we're all still petrified yeah. that, that the hand, not the money is going to come out of there. A hand will come out of there <laughs> and take the card from us. Now I just want to try Toast Larry. I know. Does that toast with an onion? I'd I'd be interested to see. (laughs) Laurel Crisafuli says, like to read how-tos for things I already know how to do. Makes me feel smarter than the writer. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. I'm not – first of all, I I know why Laurel's writing that and I understand what she means. But if I can do something, I don't think I need to read the how-to book afterwards or along the way. You don't read the shake and bake directions? No. And that, by the way, that was so close. It was like just, you know, before a duel in the 14th century. You mean like shake and bake? Da-da-da! <laughs> you know what? Though it, 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 it's true for me anyway. I don't, I don't think those things are written well. I don't oh, they're think not. Yeah. They're, they're not written intelligently. They're written to say, okay, first of all, sit down and don't cross your legs. Oh, shut up. You know? <laughs> They're really written, well, for all of us as idiots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Moose Lundrum says, I always wonder how bad people stink on movies when stranded somewhere, especially when there is a sex scene. That has occurred to me before. Yeah. And uh, it's 
I have never understood, by the way, if we just put movies aside for a second, I have no understanding of how people, well, in the 18th, 17th, 16th century. Yes, before Axe Body Spray. Before, yeah, before <laughs> anything, before the, before the 12th century, anything, how the people, again, royalty, dukes, duchesses, they used to put on, good Lord, you folks know this. Put on those giant wigs mm-hmm. and put on those outfits. Those outfits weren't cleaned. Mm-mm. They weren't dropped in and washed. And the wigs aren't washed. And you know what? The people weren't washed. Right. And still they – and I'm not even saying this is a joke. Still they would be instantly intimate with each other or as quickly as they could. And that question always came up to me. But what did they smell like? <laughs> You know, anything to look at a hand, shake a hand, kiss a hand, kiss a hand. Where's that hand been? Right. And when? And I'm not a (laughs) lunatic on this. You want to say, but they were filthy, filthy people. And still, they looked at each other, you know, like suddenly you hear the Tchaikovsky, da, 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 da. And it's suddenly very romantic. Right. Well, it goes to show you the level of desire people always had for each other. But boy, I'll tell you, you know. This guy's right that how – oh, come on. How how bad was it? And I've been in a couple, a couple of times where you have – well, yeah, sex scene, you know, where – in fact, this other one just came into my head a couple of days ago that, you know, the one wall breaks down because there's a fist fight. I was in the fist fight part. Mm-hmm. But the wall breaks down and a pornographic movie is being shot in the next apartment. So it's being shot – and the director, who was – oh, she was terrific. Betty White was a terrific director. And she had everybody fall. You know where you're falling in the exact place you're falling. And so they had – one guy fell on this and the woman there and he falls on her butt and they're all naked. And then she had me fall on the guy's butt. <laughs> now, that's fine with me. Again, I'm not even – I'm just saying she, it's a guy. Yeah. And it's a guy and he's not – whether he's handsome or not, it doesn't matter. Suddenly you're falling on a – and there's on a, a butt. butt. So, and she had me fall. So the back of the head hits the guy's butt. And OK. And then I said yeah. – <laughs> and, I, and I said to her openly, you know, I just said, is there no woman's butt I can hit? <laughs> I mean I, I'm glad this guy's an actor. He's in, the, he's in the movie too. That's fine. It's all fine. But why do I have to hit his butt? And does he – no, he doesn't need me to hit his butt. Did they provide you with a woman's butt? Yes. And I wasn't asking. I'm not a – well, I'm, I'm – Diva? I'm, right. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, a pain in the butt. Right. But I, I'm I'm not. But still, to spend – it's a two or three hour scene just trying to get it, that action right. Who falls? Where? Who hits? Whom? You know, what happens there and how it's staged. It's all – as everyone out there knows – how something is shot is very important as to how you take it, yeah. how the story is told. Well, in that scene, for the first few takes of me landing on that guy's butt, there's certainly the expression on my face wasn't the way the character should be. <laughs> the expression on my face was, this is disgusting. <laughs> now, what movie was that? Is that the one that's coming out? No, oh no, that uh, this was, wait a minute, it was on HBO, oh, 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 where they uh, they uh, they have lines from uh, old TV shows that pop into their heads. Oh, Brian Ben Ben was the star. Wendy Ma- Wendy Malick was in that. Oh, oh for it'll sake. come to us, and by that I mean Gary will find it. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's Nate. Okay, all right. Let's do another J Mo. Just me, everyone. While Gary comes uh, up with that. Okay. Um, Okay. Dan of Sack says, I cannot waste a sticker. Apple items, sunglasses, and craft beer come with stickers, and I just can't throw them away. And I don't have that problem. I don't either, but I know what he means, and I'll tell you something. Just yesterday, one of my kids, I save rubber bands. I always have since I was a kid. My parents, there was a drawer in the kitchen that had bottle openers and rubber bands, and I don't think any American has ever used a rubber band again. It's but, true. But we they seem so whole and perfect. Yeah. And usable infinitely. And I say just yesterday I saw it came off of something and I said uh, – one of my kids said, is it OK if I save this? And I said, I'm so glad this came up. 
because <laughs> I said – I took him to show the drawer. I said, so this is where we put all rubber bands. And I said, hey, let me have it. And he, he looked at me for a second. He said, actually, I'd like to just save it and play with it. And I said, that's a great idea. You do that. Take it into your room and you can hide it wherever you want or put it on top of your desk, anything you want. But I think that's a terrific idea. And just so you know, you're not the first one to have it. <laughs> and every decent family, as long as there have been drawers in houses, has saved rubber bands. It's true. Abe Lopez. Pause it was and- called- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It was called Dream On. Oh, right. Yes. For goodness sake, Dream On. Thank you. And you know what? My wife was a writer-producer on that show. Oh, is that how you guys met? Where you met? No, but uh, no, we were already married and oh. – uh, or going out or I was thinking of that. No, we were, we were already going out and Dream On was a good show, a terrific show. They were all very good on it. And yeah, wasn't it the – oh, no, I'm thinking of – there was a, a fantasy element of it, right? Or no? Am I yeah. thinking – I might be thinking of a different show. No, because he is – well, a, a child of the 50s, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That is, he has in his head all right. these – and they had a research team, by the way, a couple of fellows whose who's only job, not an easy job, was to watch old TV shows forever. You just sit there in the office and watch them so you can find lines from them that could be used on the show where suddenly they edit in Don Knotts saying <laughs> something to Andy Griffith. And or anyone on any TV show where you know the TV show, Mr. Ed anything, and suddenly you just hear a line being said and see the actors saying it, and the character, say Brian Benben's character, was thinking this. So my wife was on that show, and uh, and she was uh, one of the writers and one of the producers. All right. Lucas Hamlin says... Whenever I see horribly unattractive couples in public, my knee-jerk reaction is to picture them fucking, just me or everyone. I don't do that. It occurs to me that they probably do, but I don't I don't instantly go there. No, uh neither do I and I I might say to Lucas by the way, perhaps a hobby would be good for <laughs> rubber bands. For you. <laughs> but you know what? I I think it's wonderful to imagine seriously that when you see a couple, when you see people who've committed to each other and they're together, they got married and they're and they're making it work, whatever the it is, whatever work is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wonderful that whatever they do on their own time, in their own way, in privacy, I think it's great that they do that, that people have always done this, that – People, well, with French wigs on 500 <laughs> right. years ago used to do it. And I think it's wonderful that they do it too. Now, do they look like Heather Graham and Brad Pitt? I don't know why those two names were in the front of my head. I haven't head, thought of her in a long time. She was all the rage for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's – Roller girl. Still raging, you know. In your head? Yeah. I mean, you know, because she's, well, a great actress and beautiful. But I mean, to think that not everyone looks – that fabulous. Right. This is but true. they can still fall in love and they can still hold hands and like to watch a movie together. Larry, we're talking about fucking and you're making it sweet. Oh, all right. <laughs> what was that word again? <laughs> sweet. Um, <laughs> I remember as a kid, I used to have this thought when I would see an adult who was very prim or formal, sometimes a teacher or sometimes like a grandmother thinking that you or if if that person no you know it was separate thoughts it was usually i would think about that as a prim person or a teacher thinking it's weird to think that that person gets it on but then also if it was someone's stern grandmother thinking well clearly that person had sex because i know their grandkid and that's weird to think about well or it's wonderful to think that people can have five or six different sides to them. Yes. It's wonderful to think that they're not always some kind of Roman emperor just always, you know, being in some erotic mood, which is not erotic anyway. That guy's a <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. But I think it's great to think that people who are, as you say, prim and proper or even stern or they, they can they even get to yelling, it's, don't do that. I told you to put that over there. Well, sure. Later that night – 
after a couple of miltinis. <laughs> you never know. And my dad, by the way, came by a show I was on. You made me think of this. That, and he was God bless him. He's the sweetest guy in the world. A brilliant man and a great father. And uh, my mom had already passed away, and he was visiting on the set. And he went down into our dressing rooms. We had six dressing rooms, three on one side, three on the other. And at the end of the hall, no, not a long hall, by the way, it was only 20 or 30 feet, was the bathroom. We all shared the bathroom. And he went in there and he was always, you know, God bless him, a very fit, healthy man and a great athlete. But he was known in our family and, and, and his whole life through as if he went to the bathroom, the chances were pretty good you didn't want to be around there. <laughs> And that's just the truth. Right. And okay. he – we used to laugh about it and he always got a kick out of that. He wasn't trying to do anything. But when he when he said, where's the bathroom? And I said, it's over there. I said, you going to the bathroom? He said, I have to go to the bathroom. And I said, I love you. Go ahead. And I went to the craft table, which is where the food is, to get a cup of coffee, to not be there. Mm -hmm. And this is in show business. Everyone on the crew, producers, directors, everyone – Production assistants, people, other actors would walk by into our hallway to get something, to get one of the actors to say, okay, we're doing scene B. And they walked in there. And I'm telling you, for that whole day afterwards, and with the door closed, and he was already <laughs> long gone out of there, with that door closed, it was it was wild. <laughs> it smelled like there they were rugby teams from a thousand years ago who would walk in and say, this is not okay. <laughs> So, I'm sorry you had to grow up in that kind of environment, Larry. You know what? It was such so funny in a way. Yes, it is funny. Because that's the way life is. And he was healthy and that's the way it goes. Now, what can you say to someone? Stop that? Stop what? He's he's living. He's just doing him. Yes. He's being himself. And it's part of the process that well, that's what happens after 8 hours after you eat. And it was so it was funny when we were all in a hotel room together with the double beds and me and my sister and my folks in there mm -hmm. and wherever we were going. Well, that night in that room was not uneventful. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and the very last just me everyone. Jamie Scott says, I find myself over enunciating or distorting my voice to how I think the automated phone system wants me to say things. Oh, you have to. Agent. Agent. Yeah. Agent. <laughs> I always sound like I'm at the end of my rope, too, whenever I'm talking to those things, because I am. Yes. By the way, <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I am, too. Yeah. But he's exactly right. Yes, you do. We're talking. We don't talk to people anymore, which is a shame, by the way. It's actually a disgrace. You should always have a human there. Mm -hmm. And since we don't, it is sad and a disgrace to know you're talking to a machine. I don't mean you're talking to someone around the world. I mean you're talking to a machine right. that has to hear you. And they're going to miss things, street names. And so I do, I do that too. You over-enunciate and you say it very, you say it very clearly. <laughs> and then you feel like an idiot speaking that way. And you are an idiot speaking that way. Mm -hmm. But we all do it. Yes, exactly. Well, Larry, thank you so much for doing my show. This has been delightful talking to you. Um, people can't – well, we already said where they can find your podcast, but we'll say it again. iTunes, the Adam Carolla app, LarryMillerPodcast.com. It is This Week with Larry Miller. And people can follow you on Twitter. Are you Larry at Larry J. J. Miller? Miller? Yes, but you know what? I That's right. I have to get back, get back into that. Since I hurt my head, I haven't been doing Twitter. But People I was, can find I, your archives. <laughs> Larry J. Miller, right. And you know what, though? There's so much. I have so many good stand-up jobs coming up. But it's not even for now. It's enough to say, folks, you know what? I'll see you out there. I'll see you out there as a comic or I'll see you out there as an actor. And it's the same way. These podcasts are great for us, and I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you, you can, so much. You yes. guys can also follow Larry Miller's show, which is run by the producer of uh, Larry's show. And that one's a little bit more active probably. Oh, good. So there you go. There you go. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Uh, if you want to email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. And we have a ringtone that's available and you hey, need it. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> 
Hope I'm not offending your sensibilities, Larry. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not the one singing. That's uh, true. We have, um, we have a segment that we do on the show, which we didn't do today, but it, it goes by that name. And you can get this for your uh, phone. You can, you can have text come in and have it, that be the tone for your text or for your ringtone. Or I don't need to tell you how to use a phone. Anyway, you can get it by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself uh, with your iPhone in the iTunes store. Okay. Thank you so much for be- being on the show, Larry. And thank you guys for listening. I love you. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Digital.